0: Some of you aren't going to like this episode. Some of you will not want to listen to this show at all after this episode. You know what? Given the specific circumstances, I'm kind of okay with that if it happens. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of penguins and pirates in the same place that you found this. They won the game. Within that, the Steelers in beating the arch-rival Ravens 17 to 10 in front of a boisterous home crowd at Acrisure Stadium did some very, very, very good things to win that game. Let me tell you a little bit about that game for those of you who are only thinking of three-quarters of offensive struggles and Gunnar Olszewski. Oh, and also the Ravens wide receivers dropping a bunch of passes. If you choose to be unhappy, not just with the Steelers, I'm talking about in life. If you choose to be unhappy, even to be outright miserable, that is a choice that you're entitled to make. But to attempt to cut down what this team did Sunday, to attempt to cut down the individual and collective effort that it took to win that game in which they undeniably weren't performing at their peak, that, to me, kind of flies in the face of fandom, with all due respect. It really does. Because if your focus after something like that, is, wow, they just absolutely stink and they're going nowhere, or what's it going to take for them to cut gutter Olszewski, he's killing this team, or way worse than any of that, the fact that the Ravens dropped some balls, dropped two touchdown passes, that's not the Steelers' problem. That's not the Steelers' fault. That's the Ravens' fault. Go yell in the direction of Baltimore if you have a problem with how Baltimore carried itself on the field. Or John Harbaugh's bizarre decision at the end of the first half to not kick a field goal. I don't care about the Ravens. I don't care about Baltimore. You want to hear what I care about? I'm going to share this with you because for the sound of it, a good many of you missed a healthy portion of this. Larry Ogunjobi's playing on a bum foot. At one point, he couldn't even stand up after a play, but he made the forced fumble, ran well out of his assigned path to swat that thing away and create a takeaway. No apologies needed here. Miles Killebrew, who practices harder than anyone on the 53-man roster, who has earned in every possible way the role of special teams captain, got through for a punt block. He became inside that locker room, I can tell you firsthand, the hero to these guys. Should he apologize for that? Should he be the guy who's trending on social media instead of Gunner? How about Rodney Williams? Have you even heard his name? Are you familiar with the name? Rodney Williams, in addition to being the guy who hunted down that same football off the punt block in the end zone and almost got a touchdown out of it. In fact, if he'd gotten a kinder replay review, he would have gotten one. But then on top of that, after Gunner's fumble, which has everyone buzzing, it was Rodney Williams who ran back and tackled. The Baltimore player, five yards shy of the goal line. If he doesn't do that, the Joey Porter Jr. interception doesn't happen. But are we talking about that? No. Are we talking about Joey's huge, monstrous interception? No. Are we talking about Broderick Jones' Taking 71 snaps at left tackle and not giving up a single quarterback pressure, these are the top two draft picks and Gunner's trending. How about going a more mainstream route here? How about Kenny Pickett? If you want to complain about how Kenny played through the first two, three quarters, and you never want to bring up the fact that he's going without his top two, not one, top two possession guys in Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth, and how he threw just BBs to get his team down the field at the end. But you want to talk about Gunner? How about George freaking Pickens? I'm not even going to mention the 41 yard touchdown, though I just kind of did. I'm not going to mention the other combat catch that he had on that same drive and the trust that Kenny showed in George to throw that football. I'm going to talk about the block, the brutal. Like Juju on perfect level block that he threw on a Jalen Warren run. And then afterward, posed like Incredible Hulk-like next to him. And he should have. It was just a... Wow. For a wide receiver for anyone. How about the three inside linebackers? Do you remember when we were all terrified? And rightly so about how that position would go, how much we complained for years about Devin Bush and everybody else who couldn't make plays over there. These guys were eating humans out there. Cole Holcomb, Elandon Roberts, Quan Alexander were all over the field, dominated it statistically and otherwise. Let's talk about Gunner, huh? Everyone wants to complain, complain, complain. Look, there are real reasons to complain. There are. I'm not being a Pollyanna here. But I'm saying that when you have this kind of a setting that's on display in front of you, and you have it happening in the city of Pittsburgh in front of a, just a completely into it crowd that was standing through the entire fourth quarter, and you're thinking negative thoughts You're watching Jalen Warren hurdle one dude, spin around the next guy, pinball off the third guy, and then fight his way through two others to get to a yard marker, and you're thinking about Gunner, or even, oh, it's the right thing to do, firing Matt Canada or firing Mike Tomlin, and after the game, you're upset because you were wrong about this or that in some social media forum or whatever that's your priority find something else to do with your life football fandom isn't for you following the pittsburgh steelers isn't for you you're out of touch with both pittsburgh and the steelers when we come back j1q For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Today's J1Q, assuming anybody's still listening to this show, after that opening segment comes from John, who says, DK, after seeing Matt Canada's reaction to the touchdown bomb to George Pickens, did somebody else call that play? Every coach in the booth went nuts, but Canada didn't. A curious reaction from him, I thought, you know, I I was kind of hoping with the J1Q today that I'd be able to jump off the soapbox, but I'm going to stay right on it, all right? Not aimed at you, John, not aimed at anybody. It's natural for anyone, myself included, to not understand everything about every situation in football. I'm going to share with you what it is that I know and what it is that I think. I'm going to start with this. What I know is that up until three or four years ago, the Steelers had no black curtain between the press box and the coach's booth. So we could look over there at any time. We could see what was going on. More often than not, way more often than not, the coordinator will have no reaction. You're going to see on broadcasts whenever something happens that's exceptional, and you're going to see the coordinator wig out. You've seen it from Canada in the past, and maybe you expected to see it in this one because this was a pretty pivotal moment, obviously. However, what seems to be getting completely forgotten by almost anyone who brings this up is that there was a two-point play to follow. Everyone knew there'd be a two-point play in the event of a touchdown. The touchdown happens very, very quickly The two-point play has to be determined within seconds and relayed down to the sideline. On that same video, you'll notice that only two of all of the coaches and other people who were in that booth were wearing the Bose headphones. That means they were the only two who were in on what all of the coaches, including Mike Tomlin at field level, are discussing. That coordinator has to be listening as well as speaking when it's his turn. He's not in a position to go running around the booth, high-fiving and back-slapping with everybody. Third, and maybe this is the most important, since this thing grew legs of its own and became a living, breathing narrative, that was not an audible that was called on the field by Kenny Pickett. That was an assignment aimed at shifting protection to the right because of the way Baltimore's defense was lined up up front. The Steelers had already recognized, and really had known forever, that the Ravens prefer to be in cover zero in such situations. They just trust Marlon Humphrey to get the job done. They have him out there in a one-on-one. And as both Mike Tomlin and Pickett acknowledged afterward, they were going to try to go at that. They were going to see what happened. They did. They crushed it. And then the guy upstairs in the booth had to call whatever the two-point play was going to be. Now, it was unsuccessful, but he still had to make that call, and he had to make it within seconds. Listen, I'm on record here at least a few times as saying that I want this guy to be fired, not today, not even yesterday, last year. He's shown me next to nothing. As a coordinator at this level, I believe that the Steelers would be far better off with someone almost anyone else. But I'm not going to jump on stuff like this just to pile on for no reason, especially when it's not at all accurate. But I do hope, John, from your perspective, that this helps to explain what it was that you saw and why. Not that I expect what I just shared here to have any impact on a narrative that's already uh, completely erupted. Oh, boy. I, I'm sorry, guys. I had to get this one out of my system, okay? I, I, I hear and feel so much negativity. From this fan base through the means with which we generally communicate. Okay. Meaning me and the people listening to the show or me and the people reading my columns. But yet when I'm in a stadium, I'm looking at these 67,000 people on their feet, waving towels, and they were the happiest people you've ever seen as they were leaving that stadium. What is the disconnect here? What is, what is the, the gap? that exists between the people who were in that building and, and and the ones who were so, so angry about a win over your favorite team, your alleged favorite team's arch rival. Wow! Let's do it again tomorrow anyway, presuming anyone's coming back. If you're not, thanks for listening.